you can listen to The Front on your smart speaker every morning. To hear the latest episode, just say, play the news from The Australian. From The Australian, here's what's on The Front. I'm Kristen Amiot. It's Monday, February 19. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese has blamed Russian President Vladimir Putin for the death of Alexei Navalny, saying he was shocked and saddened to hear of the dissident's death. Navalny was Putin's most vocal opponent and died in a Russian prison on Friday after more than two years in custody. The Defence Force will get some new toys as the government scrambles to show it's taking the threat posed by China seriously. A Navy restructure will see a fleet of small, well-armed warships added to the mix, while the number of troubled hunter-class frigates will be slashed from nine to six. Those stories are live right now at theaustralian.com.au. Are the boats back? That's the question likely being asked by Labor ministers after two groups of asylum seekers were discovered in a remote town on the West Australian coast. In today's episode, what a return to the bad old days of border security could mean for the government. The tiny town of Beagle Bay is about 130 kilometres north of Broome in Western Australia. It's a former church mission on the lands of the Nyulnyul people, and it has a population of just 348 people. Over the weekend, that population unexpectedly swelled. The mercury had just tipped over 32 degrees at 10am on Friday, when a group of around 30 men were spotted sheltering under bushes on the town's outskirts. They spoke little or no English. They were exhausted and dehydrated, and some were visibly wounded. Members of the local Aboriginal community ushered them into the shade of pergolas in town and provided them with water. Nurses from a local clinic tended to their wounds. One of the men who spoke a little English told residents they'd come from Pakistan. Another said he was from Bangladesh. It's believed the asylum seekers were dropped off by Indonesian fishermen along a remote stretch of coast. From there, they waded through croc-infested waters, scrambling over mangroves that tore at their clothes and skin. Border force officials arrived at midday, and the men were suddenly reluctant to share any more of their stories. So it's not known exactly how they came to be in Beagle Bay, or if all of their fellow travellers made it. That afternoon, the group was transported to Broome, where Border Force officials say they were processed. It's a far cry from the way these kinds of arrivals have been handled since the introduction of Operation Sovereign Borders over a decade ago. It's led by the Australian military, and its goal is to deter people smugglers. Here's Scott Morrison, who was Immigration Minister in 2013 when the program began. They'll be met by a broad chain of measures, end-to-end, that are designed to deter, to disrupt, to prevent their entry from Australia, and certainly to ensure that they are not settled in Australia. The fact that this is all happening quite literally out in the open has shattered the secrecy that typically surrounds asylum seeker arrivals to Australia. Ordinarily, that boat would have been intercepted, detected quite early on. Paige Taylor is the Australian's Indigenous Affairs correspondent and chief of the paper's Western Australia Bureau. And there has been a practice in the past 
decade to do what's called screening out at sea. So some of these asylum seekers do not even get to see dry land. They'll be asked a series of questions while they're on the border force vessel and sometimes they'll be driven back to their country of origin on the border force vessel or else they're brought ashore very briefly at Christmas Island and flown home. When Page asked Home Affairs Minister Claire O'Neill about the arrivals, she responded as governments have done since 2013, saying, As is long-standing practice, we don't comment on Operation Sovereign Borders. But Border Force itself took a different approach. It issued a rare statement confirming an operation was underway in WA's northwest, but said no further information would be provided. Well, I think Labor understood fairly early that the Abbott government's approach to border force issues, which was radio silence, was quite effective. And that's because smugglers were using the media releases that Labor used to put out about boat arrivals as a selling tactic, really. And so that's why the governments of both complexions now don't talk about asylum seeker issues if they can possibly help it. But I think the very anodyne statement we got on Friday saying there was an operation in the north was possibly because the media was putting a lot of pressure on the department to say something. And what we got was what we already knew. I mean, by the time that statement came out, everyone from the Catholic priest to the uh, manager of the general store knew that there were asylum seekers in Beagle Bay. On Sunday morning, a second group of 13 Bangladeshi and Pakistani asylum seekers turned up in Pender Bay. It's also on Western Australia's Dampier Peninsula, about 50 kilometres north of Beagle Bay by road. The second group didn't appear to know about the men in Beagle Bay, and that's got authorities worried that more than one boat was able to deposit the men on Australia's shores undetected. It could be a sign that people smuggling operations are becoming more sophisticated, and it makes it hard to know if everyone's accounted for. It's also reignited the political debate about Australia's border protection regime in a big way. Well, Peter Dutton is taking the opportunity to remind people of Labor's failures the last time they were in government, and also to remind people how effective the coalition was when they came to government, they did have a long time to observe Labor's mistakes, I have to say that. They had a policy in place that was ready to go when they were elected in 2013. And I think the fact that Labor's adopted it completely is a sign that it is a very effective policy. The undetected arrival of more than 40 asylum seekers to remote parts of the Western Australian coast is, as far as authorities know, the second in as many months. Aboriginal people from an isolated stretch of the WA coast have saved a group of people who arrived undetected on a boat from Indonesia. The Australians been told the group was in poor shape. It's not known how long they had been on the mainland before traditional owners had found them. And it's the 11th time people smugglers have come this close since Labor was elected in May of 2022. So is Operation Sovereign Borders still fit for purpose? I think it is, but it does seem to me that the government needs to do some adapting because what we're looking at now appears to be a new tactic from people smugglers. They never used to try to get to the Australian mainland. They would 
deliberately drive the boats towards the Australian Border Force vessel. Now they are quite obviously trying to get people to the mainland undetected. And I think that's got to be a cause of concern inside Border Force. I know it is. And it's just unclear how they will respond to that. Well, I've got you. You can access more of this kind of journalism by subscribing to The Australian. Our subscribers get breaking news alerts direct to their phones, newsletters, special events, and of course, news analysis and commentary. Check us out at theaustralian.com.au. We'll be back right after this break. Access a world of true crime podcasts on CrimeX Plus, where award-winning journalists take a deep dive into unsolved cases. Every week, we're waking up to a dead woman, a dead mother, sister, auntie, grandmother. It's not good enough. From the team that brought you The Teacher's Pet, Shadow of Doubt and Dying Rose, unlock early, ad-free and bonus content from brand new series and flagship shows such as I Catch Killers with Gary Jubilin. One was shot in the mouth and I thought he was dead. Another one had been shot with a shotgun and I got the overspray. Search for CrimeX Plus on Apple Podcasts to start digging deep into the world of true crime. When Operation Sovereign Borders was introduced in 2013, the Abbott government sent a warning to the world. If you come to Australia illegally by boat, there is no way you will ever make Australia home. The strict no-visa rules meant asylum seekers who decided to roll the dice were quietly whisked away to detention centres on Nauru and Christmas Island. Some who'd fled persecution in countries like Myanmar and Iran were granted bridging visas, but not citizenship. This allowed them to live freely in communities around Australia, but they were effectively stateless. A tiny minority of those people exploited their newfound freedom, committing violent crimes like rape and assault. While they served time in prison for their crimes, the government cancelled their visas, and then, unable to send them home or elsewhere, they detained them indefinitely under a policy introduced by the Howard government. Then, in November, this happened. The federal government has announced in the last hour that 80 people have been released from indefinite immigration detention. It comes after last week's High Court ruling that they were being kept unlawfully. Some of the detainees released into the community allegedly reoffended. It was a political firestorm for the government, which rushed legislation through Parliament in response to public outcry and criticism from the opposition. Before the break, we were talking about Parliament needing to pass new laws to deal properly with those released from detention. Uh, And uh, while we've been talking, Parliament have done just that. Opposition leader Peter Dutton has linked the detainee disaster to the situation in Western Australia, saying it's yet more evidence that Labor isn't up to the task when it comes to border security. And if the people smugglers know that 30 people on a boat can get through undetected, not even known to the Prime Minister of our country. The people smugglers will sniff out weakness and they found a weak Prime Minister. They found a weak Minister. They know that the Labor Party doesn't believe in Operation Sovereign Borders. Here's Paige Taylor again. When John Howard was the Prime Minister, there was a very hard line adopted and that was turnbacks. That was a particularly brutal but highly effective tactic and the boats did stop after the Tampa crisis. And Labor came into power in 2008 
wanting to adopt a more humane approach, which turned out to be a disaster. By the end of 2008, boats were coming thick and fast and that kept going right through till 2013. And the reason I say disaster is because 1,200 people that we know of drowned, including children. People were getting put on boats that were not seaworthy. They were nothing more than junk, actually, because the people smugglers understood very well that once this boat is intercepted, it's getting burned. I should say that Labor, towards the end of the Rudd-Gillard years, they had adopted some very hardline policies of their own. So Labor has embraced Operation Sovereign Borders in a big way. They have adopted almost everything that the coalition did when they were in government and they feel that they're taking a very hard line. But I think the perception remains from that period 2008 to 2013 that Labor is soft on borders. The legal headache is continuing for the government too. In November, an Iranian citizen known as ASF-17 because his identity has been suppressed argued in the federal court that his detention is unlawful. The thing is, the High Court decision found that non-citizens could only continue to be held in detention if they can feasibly be deported in the near future. But the government says ASF-17 isn't cooperating with efforts to remove him from Australia, so they're within their rights to keep him where he is. ASF-17 fears he'll face persecution for his sexuality, ethnicity and political beliefs if he's sent back to Iran. A federal court judge has already said November's ruling by the High Court doesn't apply here. And now, Attorney General Mark Dreyfus wants the High Court to confirm it. If that bid's unsuccessful, more so-called unlawful non-citizens could be released. When that decision came, the government obviously wasn't ready for it in a way that people expected they should have been. And then these two asylum boats break through. That, in people's minds, it's a problem for the government. These are tough policies, but it's going to take a long time for them to, I think, live down what happened when they decided to take a softer approach. And there are serious concerns that the government will be in a lot of trouble with its policy on asylum seekers and immigration detainees if high court decisions continue to go against it. Paige Taylor is The Australian's Indigenous Affairs Correspondent and WA Bureau Chief. You can read that story as well as all the nation's best news, sport and politics right now at theaustralian.com.au. I'm Felicity Harley and I host Healthyish, where we chat to experts, influencers and people in the know from around the globe to arm you with the knowledge to make healthier decisions for your mind, body and soul. I think if we're going to be focusing on health, like sleep is probably the biggest component oh, of that. I, I think sleep is the cornerstone. Like choose the harder option because I've never woken up and gone, I regret that run that I went at 4am. I've never done that. Search for Healthyish and Extra Healthyish wherever you get your podcasts.